What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. We are joined now by our good friend David Moore of the Dallas Morning News, who is uh, one of our... And SportsDayDFW.com. Uh, SportsDayDFW.com as well. One of our excellent Cowboys uh, experts that we like to have He is here. the leading He's Cowboys the insider. He the is. insider. He is the insider. He is very, very excellent. Evan, you hijacked the intro So Kevin. excellent. <laughs> Ke- Kevin was going to introduce him, and you hijacked it. He can't hear. He doesn't know. It's okay. Kevin was going to introduce him? Yeah. Oh, my Not God. David, how are you, how's it going? Well, Juan, if all that's true, why haven't you had me on in three months? You know, Dave. You were busy covering such a We tried dynamite. several times, and you said, oh, no, 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 I have much more important things to do. And then you went and took a nap. That's true. My profile was pretty large. Yes. And I do get tired in the afternoon. <laughs> we, yes, you do. David, let me ask you this question. Had the Cowboys pulled off this great comeback against the Packers, which was looking like a very good comeback, it, was, it fell a little short of great, uh, would they have beaten the Atlanta Tony Falcons? Tony Romo would have brought him back, by the way. Oh, yeah, right. Would they have beaten oh, the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, Tony Romo would have thrown to Gavin Escobar for the winning touchdown. There you go. You're wow. on. Wow. Hey, Escobar, Escobar right started the game, didn't he? The last two games? <laughs> so, Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I I thought, of course, my prediction may have been a bit off since I did pick Dallas to beat Green Bay in that divisional round. Yeah, me too. But I would – I was operating under the assumption that Dallas would beat Green Bay because they're a better overall team. And I still do believe if that game wore on, you saw that Dallas was the better overall team. I thought that that Atlanta would beat them uh, because I I looked at what was happening over the last 10 to 12 weeks of the season. Uh, Dallas did not play as well after that 11-game winning streak. And I understand that statement in and of itself sounds pretty idiotic. Of course, they didn't play as well after their 11-game winning streak because it came to an end. But, but their play was a little more erratic than it had been during that streak. And, and I didn't think they were playing as well to end the season as they were playing for most of the season. Whereas if you looked at Atlanta, they started out 4-3, and three, and I believe they won 10 of their final 12. Uh, and while... The assumption is, well, they're much better because of their speed and everything and because they're an offensive-oriented team. They're much stronger at home than they are the road, which I believe is valid. But this team was all, that Atlanta team was also 6-2 and two on the road. So I thought that they could match or exceed in some ways Dallas offensively because they have a little bit more explosive element. And I always thought their defense was better than Dallas. I thought they had a few playmakers on the defensive side of the ball that we're going to give them the edge over Dallas. So, now, all of that being said, it wouldn't have been the blowout that you had in Green Bay because this Dallas team is built where I, I don't think that you would have seen a game like that 
uh, it would have been much. It would have been a competitive game, but I just felt that Atlanta overall was a little better suited to advance this year than Dallas was. I think you you run into a situation there. There, there if if that game plays out, just like the Falcons Packers first half plays out. A, I don't know that Dan Bailey misses that field goal here that Mason Crosby missed, and I'm going to guess that down by the goal line. You're not having to give the ball to Ripkowski. You're giving the ball to Zeke, and and probably you do punch in a touchdown there, and you stay very close, and it does stay competitive. And, and I think by the second half, you also had you had a sellout crowd in the Georgia Dome with people, you know, witnessing the last game in that stadium uh, with a team that had been to one Super Bowl in 50 years. Uh, you take that crowd out of it and you put it in Dallas. And, and I do think that there's a lot of different things that can change. But overall, I, I do think you look at, particularly for me, the last eight weeks of the season, um, the Falcons had been as good as anybody in the league. They've, they've averaged, I think, 35 points a game, 28 or more in every game. And the one game that they scored 28 in, they lost that game because Matt Ryan had a two-point conversion returned all the way uh, by Kansas City. So, uh The Cowboy-Packer game was an all-timer, and it was a great game to watch. Um, I do think that the two best teams, had the two best teams squared off, would have been Dallas and Atlanta, and and I don't know where we would have gone with that. I think it would have been a much different. It would have been a much different dynamic at AT AT&T Stadium because, uh, yeah, that that start, Dallas would not have been down twenty-four zero at the half. I I can tell you that they're just not built that way, and uh, and. You know, I, I think overall the weakness of Atlanta's defense is the run defense. I think you can gouge them up the middle. I think yeah. they have some, some guys who can put some pressure on the passer. Uh, look, you know, if, if if Dallas hadn't fallen behind the way it did to Green Bay, they would have won the Green Bay game. Now, that's not to take away from the Packers. They were ready from the start. Dallas physically and emotionally apparently was not ready to start that game. Do, do, uh, do you think? Do you think the Cowboys got everything out of Zeke Elliott in that Green Bay game that they could have, or should he got called upon to carry the ball a little more? See, I, I'm I'm probably in the minority in this. I think they did. I think when the game was 21 to three, it changed the dynamic, and that Dallas had to get back in the game before it could go back to its balanced offense. And its balanced offense for Dallas is really running it about 55 to 60% of the time and throwing it to rest. Uh, I, th- I think it had to be – they had to be in the vicinity before they could get back to who they were as an offense. And they were having so much success through the air. And their defense was having so little success stopping Green Bay. I think they got into a mindset of, well, look, we – you know. We have to pick up the pace here. We're going to have to go through the air. They started having success through the air, and then in the back of their minds it was, well, we haven't done anything to stop Green Bay yet. We're going to have to keep the pedal down and keep going through the air. I think there are certain, I think there are certain sequences you can point to. Uh, I think when they got a, on, their, on their third possession, when they got a, a first, uh, first and 10 on the 15-yard line, when they threw three straight times to Jason Witten, they should have run in that sequence. Right. And, and there, the there, were some, quarter, there were yeah, some the third, third and quarter, short when they got situations. The second and two, yeah, when they got the second and one in the third quarter and they were moving and they had a run-pass option and Dak Prescott decided to pass rather than run Oops. and it was intercepted, Oops. that was clearly another time. But you're talking 
two to three to four times that I can point to. Overall, I didn't have a pro- problem with them. And, and Elliott still had 125 yards rushing on 22 carries, but, but it didn't have much of an impact because of the way the game unfolded. I, I think what the, 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 in, in, in the uh, instances you cited were the things that I had cited, too. Uh, did you write a I, column on it? I did write a column yeah, about that, okay. as a matter of fact. I did cite that as, uh, in, the, in, the, in the sequence there at the end of the first half when they had the first down. It's first t- When this is your identity, when this is who you are, and it is first and 10 at the 15, and there's a minute and 19 left, whatever. Time is not an issue here. Then to me, you run the ball here. And, 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 and that was, to me, that, that series showed I'm, obviously they were seeing something they liked there. I mean, Witten, at one point in the game, right before Witten's touchdown catch, he turns to the sideline and he's motioning to them, like saying, hey, you know, you've got to throw it to me here. This, this is, I've got a, a great matchup here. And, and they, in the, in the Packers, defense and then and this is what happened to them against the Falcons too they had some injuries and then in the, at the start of that uh, Atlanta game they they had several injuries but the fact that and, and you're right about matchups too and that makes a big difference but the fact that the Packers were able to beat the Cowboys essentially without a running game you know you got Ty Montgomery a wide receiver as your running back St. Mark's St. Mark's Ty Montgomery and that's just amazing to me that the and Packers they use got they use Ripkowski for big for big absolutely games. that you get to the NFC championship game and those are your running backs that's that's a that's an amazing accomplishment and tells you exactly how but valuable Aaron Rodgers is you go is. back and look at go back and look at Sunday's game and the number of drops that oh, guys who made great, amazing catches against the Cowboys Jared Cook had Jared Cook yeah. four or five drops yeah. Um, they, there were plenty of plays for Green Bay to make that they simply didn't make and that they did make against the Cowboys. That's, that's correct. No, no. And, and were, the difference is, in my mind, the difference was they were playing from ahead the entire Cowboys game right. and, and everything was going good. They knew the way Atlanta's offense was going and, of course, their defense was. They were basically going to have to score – at least a field goal in every possession. And really, sometimes a field goal was going to lose ground. So I think they got in that mode of, you know what, we have to score a touchdown every possession. And when you play that way, you start to see the sort of mistakes that Green Bay made. Look, they, they clearly were a one-dimensional team because they had no running game and they had no defense. David, do you uh, looking at this Cowboys team going forward, I think obviously everybody uh, assumes that this this team was at least two or three years ahead of of what we thought it might be. Uh, you know, start at the start of the year. I do think that David, you said they would win ten games. Did you not? Yeah, I thought they would win ten, even even with Romo hurt early, I, because I thought that, and a lot of that was based on you know what, I'm tired of hearing about how a culture in place and all the right kind of guys are in place. Jason Garrett has been here long enough where if all of that is true, you can absorb injuries even to key positions and still continue to perform because your system is in place and it works for all of your players. And, and I took that to the, the backup quarterback position as well. You know, he had been here for six seasons. If you can't find a backup quarterback in six seasons, uh, you're not – your stewardship of the franchise is not what it should be. But, but don't you uh, – so don't that, you... Dak Prescott bailed them out in a lot of ways. Don't, don't you need help from from the draft to 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 get a backup quarterback? Well, you need a. You can't continue to go that long knowing what uh, Tony Romo's injury history is without developing a quarterback through the draft or getting a veteran quarterback who you're confident turning the uh, the team over to for extended stretches. And uh, they, they I, I thought they'd approach that in a very. Uh, uh, 
odd manner throughout the years. I think that's like a nice way to put it. Is odd, yeah. yeah. Odd is nice. Listen, the guy who's putting those drafts together lately, anyway, has been Will McClay, and he's done a tremendous job. How much longer will the Cowboys be able to hold on to him before another team hires him as their GM? Well, money won't be the issue. They'll they'll pay beyond what the actual position is because I mean he will never be general manager of the team. That is, you know, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and really it's Stephen on a day to day basis more so than Jerry. Uh, and neither one of them is going anywhere. So they will pay beyond what the actual position title is. But at some point, um, I mean. It, Teams in this league know that, that Will is the guy with the, the, the feet on the ground, and he's the one who's doing all of the work and putting it all together and organizing it. And there has been uh, a continuity in the draft over these last three to four years that it's been missing for a long time in this organization. Does he, does so, he, does he have the ego, David, to, to stay as a behind-the-scenes guy, or does, will he want to be out there getting credit? That's a really interesting question, which I'm so I'm surprised you're the one that asked it. But that, that is a very good question because thank you. Yeah. Um, Evan, by, by the way, I wish you wouldn't encourage him like that. But by David. the way, Kevin wrote that question down and handed it to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> what was uh, the question? You know, Will doesn't have an overriding ego. Will is not a guy where it is. Look at me. Uh, look at what I put together. Uh, this is what I think. He's a very collaborative guy. Uh, he. He enjoys the background in a lot of ways. Um, he, he likes being part of a team and, and is willing to buy in on this is a, uh, a collective process. And, and, and you know, he, in some ways he's almost more of a, uh, a mediator than a dictator when it comes to these decisions. And so that in and of itself, I think, indicates his ego is not such where it's something he has to have. That being said, I think there's a little there's an element beyond just ego, which is if you feel you're prepared and and you're comfortable making all these decisions, and you feel that your instincts and, and your preparation lead you to make the best decisions, uh, you you feel that you know what I, I'm ready for this next step. And while I don't necessarily like uh, or seek all the attention that goes with being a general manager. I certainly have the skill set to do it, and I want to prove that I can be the one who has the final say and, and do this. So uh, ego as far as calling attention to himself, no. But as far as the pride you take in your work and wanting to expand that role, um, yeah. So, so I guess that's a long-winded way of saying I don't think it's a – I think he would still be comfortable staying here behind the scenes but that doesn't dismiss the fact that, that if the right situation came up, that he would want to take that. That's a fairly good response to an excellent question. Oh, yeah, yeah. So listen, <laughs> if, if Jalen Smith comes, comes back, if he's able to return from this horrific injury he had where he had nerve damage in his knee, I'm going to say that this is the, if he comes back and is the player he was supposed to be, I'm going to say this is the greatest draft in Cowboys history. So that's my question. Is Jalen Smith going to come back from his injury? Dr. Moore? I believe he'll play this season. Um, now, the question is what level will – right now he has drop foot, and he's basically reteaching himself how to run, how to move, how to cut. Um, if he regains all of that, uh, then you can expect a player you saw in college. 
if he doesn't regain all of that, from the people I've talked to out there this year who have worked with him, they think he is such an athletic freak that he's still going to be able to be a very effective player in the NFL. So, so to me, the question is, are you going to have a guy who overcomes and plays with drop foot and is still very effective, or are you going to have a guy who uh, the nerves completely refire, drop foot's not an issue, and if that's the case, I think you're looking at potentially one of the elite linebackers in the NFL. I think it's still too early to say uh, which one of those categories he's going to fall into. Well, David, i got to tell you, we uh, this morning at our, at our meeting, our pre-show meeting, and I, I know you don't believe that we actually have those, but we do. Um, <laughs> I question it at the time, yes. The, yeah. uh, the secret word was drop foot, and... Since you under drop won? foot, that means that you are now off the hook for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, All right, great. So we're gonna we're gonna move on, and um, uh, we appreciate you joining us. I'm sure we'll have you on. It won't be uh, three months again before no, you're we'll, on. We'll we'll need you on very very soon, David. For for really the same price that we've been paying before you go on vacation anyway. All along, yeah. you're gonna end my appearance on drop foot. Drop foot. <laughs> really? Drop foot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It, it, it and what an appearance it, it was. Yes, yeah. So you you got the rarest of all moments to answer a good question from Barry. That that was rare. Yeah, it was rare. Oh, Barry is giving me moment. the stare of death. Yeah. All right, we are going to let you run, David. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, David. That must mean you have someone really good waiting. <laughs> oh, you know us all too well. No, we don't. We, 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 we've got we've got Evan is is was went above and beyond, and we, we've got every Texas Ranger Hall of Famer ever coming. I was going to say whoever's holding on the other line, tell them no, not to worry. I'm getting off the phone. Yeah. Right Be well. Thanks, David. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye bye. So there went David Moore. He was great. And he, won't he be surprised to see who we bring on next? It's not we. We kind of fudged on it. We have we have Brandon George. We have Brandon call, George call, calling in live from the Senior Bowl. Evan, could you get off the phone? <laughs> Evan's talking to Gina. I think. Oh my God! There's you know they just celebrated their third anniversary and oh uh, you know and they're just still two lovebirds. Yes, it was my wife, Michael Young. Your <laughs> it's your other wife. It, let me ask you this question. Who would you rather be living with, Gina or Michael Young? Oh, my gosh. I Come can't on. believe he said that. No, I don't mean I, well, I you just, know, because, you know, of course right. he says Michael. All right. I just got I, I, I just got a text from our next guest. We're well, going to we'll, call him on. Okay. We're go, moving on to live from Mobile, Alabama. It will be Brandon George. All right. Let's get Brandon on the phone. And, and while, while we're getting Brandon on the phone, maybe we should talk about some of the things that David said. I think, you know, I think the, the most, uh, and I think it was clear by this, this draft, and it should have been clear already, that Will McClay is the most underreported media figure in this market. He's not a media well, uh, Sports figure. Sports, sports figure. figure. Yeah. Executive. Yes. Not of, under, any, of any kind. You, most, you, you, you've never written a column on him? I've never written a column on most him. Under, uh, you know, it didn't bother you. It didn't bother you that Mitch, well, Mitch Lawrence talked about what columns he had written. I just wrote a column for Forbes today about that. You didn't say, oh, my gosh, and roll your eyes. No, because he, it was, it was well, the, column, why? the because column, why? The column he had written was timely. Your column, you go, you wrote a col- I wrote a column 17 years ago about this. Oh, subject. my gosh. Uh, I mean, when you talk about Doug, can you get sports executives the in this market, how big is that pool? 
It's it's uh <laughs> thanks for that, Doug. Uh, well, that was my last pass. No, I'm, I'm not saying you guys said sports executives. I'm saying of, of all sports all uh, sports, sports fig- figures. Yes. What do you know about Will McClay? What do you know about you, Darvish? Well, we we oh my gosh, we've written a thousand stories about. We you know Darvish. nothing about the guy as a person. Well, we've written a thousand stories about him. How many stories have you read about Will McClay? Oh, thousands. Oh, yeah, you, thousands. you know what? Some one of the our edi- you see the human Darvish all the time. One of our would you editors, even know? Would you even know Will McClay if he walked what, in the room? Yes, I would. One of our, he's my would face, you? he's my Facebook if he friend were, for, for one. He is not. Yes, he is. Oh a, my a, I, As soon as I get my phone back, I'll show you. A and B. Now here, here's all you've done. When we get downstairs after this podcast, one of the one of the uh, crack assistant sports editors. What'd you call them? Crack uh, able assistant is going to oh. call us over and say, "Hey, we need a Will McClay f- profile." Yeah, but, we do. I've always thought that. To me, to me, this is the guy that has changed. Who's going to write that? We talked about. Uh, I think Barry Horn should write that. Hold on, we might have Brandon George. Is on Brandon the line. there? Hey, what's up? Brandon, live from Mobile. It's Brandon, Brandon George. Just because you have your own podcast does not mean that when we call yours that you stiff us with that, uh, hey, whatever I'm, that I'm was. I'm not stiffing you, man. I'm not stiffing you. I'm on the phone. Hey, well, <laughs> hey, by the way, we just got David Moore off the phone. We told him we had somebody far more important to, to get to, and he, th- he thought it was like, oh, you have Jerry Jones. Oh, you have, <laughs> oh, you have Dak. No, wait, better. wait till he finds out it's you. What's going on in Mobile, uh, man? I love it. Hey, it's beautiful here this time of year. I bet it is. You, you know, that's the home yeah. of Ivan Mazel. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. So, right, that that's, he that's doesn't even know who Ivan segue. is. <laughs> um, yeah, I know who he is. <laughs> what, uh, uh, Brandon, who are the Cowboys taking? Oh, way to go. Not nice segue wow. of your own there. First of all, first of all, who, who is there? It's all about the draft. Who is there for the Cowboys, Brandon? And I don't mean the guys for coming for us. Uh, we know you're there. But who who is there for the Cowboys? Uh, well, Jerry and Steven are going to be here uh, for the practices today and tomorrow. So that's the two big names, obviously. Will McClay's here, and then um, all their scouts are here. The coaching staff's all in uh, um, Orlando for the uh, Pro Bowl this week. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <clears> that the coaching staff's not here? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's not, not positive, obviously. I mean, you'd rather them be on the ground here looking for the future player instead of Coaching Pro Bowlers, but uh, wrong. I mean, I mean, you're wrong. You'd rather have them preparing for the Super Bowl in Houston, wouldn't you? Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> oh man, we're gonna go here. No, no kidding. Uh, How weak is that? Brandon, are you are you happy that you don't have to put up with this uncandidly, Cowboys? <laughs> I have to put up with John. That's enough. Um, you know, John Machota's ego is out of control. I just want to say that he used to be a really nice guy, <laughs> very polite, very friendly, very deferential, and now. His head is so big he can't even get in the building anymore. Johnny matches. I think Johnny matches. So. Yeah. Well, I want to go on record with that. I will say this. I, I I'm going to say yeah yeah yeah. You you love to have the Cowboys. The the sensible thing is to say you'd love to have the Cowboys coaches on the ground in Mobile getting their hands on all these guys. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. Really have it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Getting wow. their eyes on all these guys. Well, their figurative hands. <laughs> What? Look, I got my figurative hands right here. My question, my question always comes back to the NFL draft. That it gets there's paralysis by over analysis, and the Cowboys weren't looking to take Dak, Dak Prescott last year. They were looking to take Paxton Lynch, Carson Wentz. Who they wanted? Well, they wanted Carson Wentz, but then he, he went ahead Paxton of them. They tried Lynch. to right. trade down. They tried to trade back hey, up to get Paxton Lynch. Second pick of the fourth. Their second pick of the fourth round. Right. It's like the Tom Brady thing. What? 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 So, what? What made the New England Patriots geniuses picking Tom Brady in the sixth round? Right. 
Go ahead, Evan. Uh, all right, I'd, I'd rather hear. From, right. I'd rather hear from Brandon. Brandon, Jones. give us some names of people you think they're looking at. Well, I mean, I think the obvious thing is the, the defensive side of the ball, right? And then you know the cornerbacks and defensive ends is kind of where they're going to have their most need. Defensive ends have been the need, you know, for years now with the Cowboys. But you know, the big guy here that a lot of people are watching is the uh, Jordan Willis kid, Kansas State defensive end. Kevin, you may you may be familiar with his work. I think he had like 15 sacks and 80 something pressures this year. So and they had a good defense this year. Did yeah, you write a column about their defense? I did not. But yeah. I will say this, Kansas State Should've. was probably the best – maybe the best all-around team in, in the, the Big 12 last maybe year. Because they they had the best, maybe because they have the best defensive coach in, in the Big 12. No, they got the best – could you say the best head coach? Best he- well, whose specialty is defense, right? Uh, you know, I don't know that Bill Snyder. He's kind of a, he's kind of just – I guess you would say that because most of his guys have been defensive guys yeah. that, have come, that he's produced. So uh, how, how big is he, uh, Brandon? He measured in at six three and a half, two fifty five today. Very, uh, it was a uh, meat market here. You know, earlier this morning they had the weigh in. Obviously, what they, they do with the weigh in and they measure all these kids, so, and they bring them through. And, and it's, all the scouts are here. So, Cowboys though, uh, I didn't I didn't see Will McClay or Jones family's not here yet. So, you know, they had all their scouts here watching these guys. So, they they'll get in later today. Let me ask you this, Brandon, because here's what I think is going to be available for the Cowboys. They're picking at twenty eight. Is that correct? Correct. Um, uh, let's say it gets down to that point, and there is a Carl Lawson from from uh, um, Clemson, or there is a uh, Charles Harris from Missouri, or there is, um, or let's say a, a defensive. I'm trying to think of a defensive back they might take. Are they going to take a guy, one of those kinds of defensive ends? Or are they going to take the what uh, kind of defensive ends are? Well, they? they're they're good, but they're not. They're, they're, this is considered a, a draft pretty deep. And defensive ends and defensive backs, the two things that they need, right? They they've got to have both of those things, right? Uh, and uh, also, also there's a, lot, there's a lot of good tight ends in this draft. Which you know, if you look look to the future here, obviously you want to get a guy that you have Gavin, they replace yeah. Wooden. You have Gavin Escobar. Stop. Oh my gosh, Stop. Barry He's is a Gavin free Escobar. Agent. Yeah, get, they'll they'll re up him. Are you they will not resign. <laughs> so let me. So my my point is this: uh, Do you think the Cowboys will take a defensive end just because of the need there, or do you think that they might say, "Listen, this cornerback is a little bit. We're, we ranked him a little bit higher. We're going to take him instead." No, I mean their whole their whole thing is to take the best player available. That's the philosophy they they've had. I mean, even last year, obviously, you look at how they drafted Zeke and the fourth overall. Right. Know, they wanted to get the best player available. They didn't go to need, and I don't I don't think they'll force it. I don't, I don't think they'll do that this year. I do think, though, they have to, at some point, you know, if you're going to have to be heavy on defense, and it, it seems like the year to do it just because of the depth in the, in the draft, and uh, you're picking, you know, kind of 28, and a lot of the uh, top offensive players obviously are going to be off the board at that point, and you just, I think that's a good spot for them. So I, I really think it'd be defensive end cornerback makes the most sense, because you look at their secondary, they're losing four they're four guys under unrestricted free agents. So, you know, if they don't bring back any of those guys, which I think they'll probably try to make a run at one of those cornerbacks but and probably Church. But you've you, you got to get some cornerbacks and, and, and defensive backs help. So I think uh, that's obviously an, an area of need as well. So, yeah, of the four free agents in the secondary, you got, uh, you've got Barry Upchurch, you've got J.J. Wilcox, you've got Brandon Barry Carr. Church. And Mo- did I say Upchurch? Yes, you did. Barry, Barry Church, excuse me. Barry, Barry Church. Of those four, I'm thinking they probably they keep Carr and Church, don't you think? Yeah, that's the two I would lean toward. I just think if you look, if you compare Carr to Claiborne, I think their talent level is not too too different, and it's just a matter of who's going to be on the field. And right. Carr's never missed a game in his nine year career, so you think you'd lean toward him. Church, Church, they really like Church, and you know he's a captain, defensive captain. You know when he was on the field late in the season, it made a big difference. 
they really cut down their big plays allowed, and, and they were a better defense when he was on the field. So but he's, I, he's hurt a lot too, isn't he? Church? No, he, he really he really hasn't been hurt a lot. I mean, he did miss a couple of years ago. He had a yeah. uh, injury, but and he played through a uh, you know a fractured right forearm for the most part this year. He did miss a few games, but he's not hurt a lot. I would say he's not like a Claiborne type. Let me ask you, uh, speaking of the secondary, uh, in in some aspects, was Byron Jones a little bit of a disappointment this year at safety? You know, we were talking about him earlier. I, th- I think he was. I mean, when you look at, he, he just didn't have the impact plays. I think. I thought he had a better first half and second half. He, he got it, you know. I thought he played uh, much better. He, he had some big pass breakups in the first half of the season, and I thought he was a disappointment. I just don't think he's really developed in the way that they'd like him to be. They thought he was going to be like a ball hawking safety, a guy that's really going to attack the football and get some interceptions. He has one interception in two years, and that was just a hell mary throw at the end of the first half earlier this season. So it just hasn't, you know, hasn't paid off for them yet, and and. Uh, they're defensive backs. I mean, I just when you look at all their body types, they're all kind of smaller guys, and and uh, and I just think they need to, you know, they need to add some beef back in the in the, in the back end of this defense. And I think that's something they'll look at. What did they like more about him than Landon Collins, who uh, was drafted, I believe, in the second round that year by the Giants, and and has been that in- impact player? Well, I mean, I think one obviously they liked him off the field as, as much as anything. I mean. The way I mean, he's a guy that just really kind of checked all the boxes for them off the field. And but his measurables were really good too. And measurables were really good. He was like he had like the best. I think he was like the best long jump, or broad jump. I guess it was. He had like the best broad jump at the I combine think, ever at the combine. So uh, the measurables were really good. And then they and they thought he you know they thought he would have a lot more interceptions and really make more plays on the ball than he really has. I, I asked Gil Brand about that question earlier this year. Did you write a column about? I did it? not. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and what what uh, what Gil said was that uh, that Landon Collins remade himself. That his rookie year he was a disappointment, mm-hmm. and that he kind of re- went out and remade his body and really got in better shape, and and as of course became a star this year with uh, the New York Giants. With the New York Giants, okay. uh, and that I said, well, so in long run, should the Cowboys take have taken Collins? And, and Gil said. He thinks that Byron Jones would be the better player just because he's faster, uh, better athlete. Gil drafted Rod Hill. Well, yeah, that, that, he does like athleticism. I and, know. And that's a big deal with it. I'm wondering if if, uh, if Byron Jones was not the safety you want, what maybe they should move him back to corner because he was playing corner and safety lot his, his rookie year, which was that was the unbelievable thing. He was moving back and forth as a rookie and doing all that. I'm wondering now if he should be playing, maybe he should just play corner full time. I mean that's something they might, they may look at. It's simply because you lo- you know you could lose these two corners and Carr and Claiborne two of your top corners. So, but they do you know they obviously like the, the rookie as well. And I think uh, Anthony Brown Anthony they really like what he did this year. Yeah, so I did terrific I think he, job. Yeah, he's a guy. Yeah, I think he's a guy. You know, really they'd, they'd look to first. But before moving him again, you've already moved him a lot. You know, in the first two years, so maybe they keep him at safety and give him another run at it. Now let me ask you this about the, the the secondary because this team only had nine interceptions. I believe there were only four teams that had fewer interceptions than the Cowboys nine this year. They had they only had eight last year, so uh, they're they're not getting interceptions. Is that a product of of these guys just just not able to get them, or is that something to do with the bend don't break philosophy of Rob Marinelli? I think it's part of both. I mean, you look at it. Jeff East led this team in interceptions back to back years, so that's pretty much all you need to know about. Yeah. Can he get on the field? Secondary, yeah, so, and so you know, I think Church and he both had two interceptions this year. So, you know, the cornerbacks just don't. I mean, they just, they just don't make plays on the ball. I mean, and it's, a lot of times they are playing a lot of zone coverage. So, I mean, that does I think affect them a lot. And they really did like Carr. They put him back on the right side this year. They thought it was a better 
fit for him. They really, they really thought he played a lot better over there. But he's just not a guy that makes plays on the ball either. I mean, Carr and Claiborne, neither one of these guys, you know, get their hands. They don't get many pass breakups. So I do think it's part scheme, but I also think it's, you know, the, the, the I guess the makeup of the players they have on the back end of the defense. Let me ask you one more question about this. I know I'm, I'm beating this to death here, but 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 Jeff Heath. After that game, he had let one, me, he had one interception me, against the Packers. You could have had confirm two. confirm that for you. What's that? That you're beating things. Well, well, wow. Me, is that he, he had one interception in that game. and could have had two if not for this for the, uh, the, uh, the penalty against Anthony Brown on the play. Um, and after the game, I was struck by something that, that Jason Garrett said when he said it, it seems like every time you – he makes big plays every time you put him in the game. So, uh, if that is the case – now, I can remember early on in, in Jeff Heath's career, he struggled a little bit, but as, as most rookies do. Uh, but should they consider – Playing him at safety, starting him at safety. Uh, he's he's yes. talking about Jeff Heath, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, yeah, he gives you something. I just don't know how consistent he would be if you start him at safety. I mean, he's a guy. If you give him limited snaps, to, you know, fifteen, twenty snaps, I think he can make some plays. I just, I, he's one of those guys that I question if you put him over the course of a game. You know how how well you know his back his skills on the back end would be, and as far as um, throughout the game, I guess. That's the only thing. I think some of these guys, you really have to protect them in, in a way that, yeah, you know, they can be a flash kind of guy that can really get in and make a play in ten or fifteen snaps. But are they going to have the consistency to, to play a lot of snaps? I don't know. I don't know that he's shown them enough to to, to prove that yet. I guess. I, 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 it's a legitimate question, and, and I think that was a good answer. Uh, but I, but I, I, I do are you th- grading answers now? I'm grading answers now. But I, <laughs> I, I do I do think that that's uh, you know look, we saw what JJ Wilcox could do, right? And they decided, look, yeah. this guy's a big hitter, not so great in coverage. Let's give him some spot play, and that's what they did. And uh, and of course, yeah, he had protecting from himself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't. I just, it just, I just feel like watching Jeff Heath play. That uh, he he plays that center field spot very well. And 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 I haven't seen that from anybody else in the Cowboys secondary. So uh, in in the limited play we've seen of Jeff Heath. So I, that's that's what I'm wondering about. Is that, is that maybe I was wondering? It seemed to me that that uh, that uh, Jason Garrett was trying to maybe send a message here publicly to his defensive coordinator that maybe we ought to think about this guy a little bit, or maybe to the other defensive to the other safety, or to the other yeah, maybe the other guys in the secondary as well. I don't know. It was those were both the plays he made on the balls were where he went a long way to get those balls in in that game against the Packers, uh, and and I just think that uh, it was clear that that he was what we see so many times from from guys in the Cowboys secondary. Is not turning their heads, not making plays on the ball, and that and that's what's uh, and that's what's frustrating, and and, and, the, and the fact that they're not getting these turnovers. So now I'm going to yield the floor to Evan e- Grant. Evan, wake up! Who fell asleep? E- on Evan, us. Evan is is falling asleep. He's nodding off. He wanted to ask you what do you think the the, the what Michael Young could do with the Cowboys if he were coaching them. No, what Evan wants to do is ask you how do you think his Falcons will do in the Super Bowl? Because by the way, your prediction a couple of weeks ago was. Right on, 34-31. Well, that's right, Brandon George nailed it, the score. Packers over the Cowboys. You know, I had 31-30. I had the Packers. No one paid attention to it. No. You over- <laughs> but it was you. you. But you over 34-31, you overshadowed and he, everything. And he said that, that, that Aaron Rodgers would be the story of the game. Why? Oh, that's why. Thank you for letting me ask that question of Brandon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Evan, Evan say, we we got to move on. We have some. You would believe the quality of guests Evan has for the Ranger podcast. Not that you're not that you're not among the elite, yeah. but Evan's got <laughs> El- Elvis Andrews and Michael Young. 
Wow, that's some heavy hitters there. I mean, you need to get me off the phone so you can get those guys off. Well, you, you don't know how we had to push David Moore off the Listen, phone. Listen, though, Brandon, if you, you find out who the Cowboys are going to draft during the course of this podcast, call us back, okay? And we'll break in <laughs> with breaking news. I'll do that. I'll do that, Kevin. You, he I'll was great. Brandon, thanks so much for taking the time in Mobile. You're the best, Brandon. Thanks, man. Brandon, I, I, I would, I'd like to thank you, but I, I apparently don't have the ability to answer or ask or make any comments. We're going to let you talk a whole lot on this next segment. Yeah, you, so. yeah because you, thank, you, you were on your laptop the whole time. Thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us. Uh, hey, thanks, Evan. I enjoyed all your questions. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Um, there goes Brandon Thanks, George. Brandon. Brand, he, was, he, he was really – I think that was nice to have a guy – our man on the ground, on the ground, yeah, in Mobile. Well, he got he talked about Jordan Wilson, a name that people have not been talking about. No, he's not a big. I, As I tell opposed you, to all the times when we have me on the ground with wherever the Rangers are. He's a guest. You're, he's a guest. That's like having you're somebody the, come into your home. Guest, one of the founders of the podcast. Evan, Evan, you're just part of the furniture. Wow, a very handsome piece of furniture, studly piece of furniture. Look at Evan. Look at Evan. He's pouting. I think no. Well, let's 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 have, go just a minute because we got a couple of minutes before we have to get uh, Elvis on. Uh, the fact that he had uh, he introduced the name of Jordan Willis, which I don't believe in, in a lot of the mock drafts, people have been seeing him that high. So I'm a little surprised by that. Um, and and you know what you want to see is names come up to push names down yeah, to you- the Cowboys at 28 uh, because this or is, maybe he's a hidden gem that the Cowboys will will are hoping know. nobody. Pushes to well, be, but although he, as he said, there was no one there to watch him being weighed and measured. But there was no one there that he saw. Let me ask. Oh, uh, this was the question I really would have liked to have asked. Brandon. Oh, th- not that well, you ask didn't us, have it. We'll ask us. Answer. You you had the opportunity to ask questions, Evan. But let's say that you get down to twenty eight. Yes, sir. And there is an intriguing offensive player like John Ross, the wide receiver from Washington. Uh, whoever. Let's yeah. say there's an intriguing offensive player. Yeah. And your your defensive grades are not outstanding. Will this team go for need, or will it go for the player? I, I think he I go, think he answered that question. Go for the player. He said the player. And I and I and I'm not I, sure that I'm not sure that they will. Uh, no, I, I I'm not sure either. But I, I listen. I know that fans always say, and I hear you know I, I answer email from people who say, oh, they should draft all defensive guys. You know, it's like that's ridiculous. You know, what if that's they, like that's like the people who don't like somebody's Hall of Fame vote and say you should lose your Hall of Fame vote. You know what? Let's stop with the hyperbole. Okay, but the, don't you know we live in a world of hyperbole well, now? That's true. Do you ever look but at Twitter? The point is, the point is that this draft was a perfect example. They took a running back. This is the one area right. where they had a guy who ran for eleven hundred yards last year in what ten starts. You know, and so everybody would say, oh, they've already got Alfred Morris. And, you know, the first person who said to me, I think that they should consider Zeke Elliott, or they may draft him. Gil Brandt. No, it was David Moore. No. And, and I thought about it. You know, it's like, and the point that David made was a perfect point. You he mocked said, him, though. I did not. He said that. Yes, you that, did. No, you were all you were on defense. With the mock no, he, he, he mocked David with the 10 wins. No, I no, didn't mock David with the 10 wins. I did You that. were all on defense. What I said about David was that he said, if you got – uh, 1,100 yards from Darren McFadden, right, with this offensive line, what could you get with a really terrific young running back? And, and, and that was the great point. You don't, you don't, if, if five years from now the guy's got, you know, 7,500 yards, you don't look back and say, boy, you know, I'm sure glad that we had Alfred Morris and went with him. You know, I, I, here's a point we had. Are you done? Yeah, go ahead. Here's something we haven't discussed. What? That – you know, everybody talks about the Tony Romo injury. Yeah. But I'd like to talk about the Kellen Moore injury because if he didn't get hurt, 
Would we have ever seen Dak this year? Yes. You sure? Yes. You positive? Yes. Because At what Dylan, point? At what point? Third game? No. I don't know. It's a good point. It's a good, it's a good question. Third game. No. Because Kellen no. Moore wouldn't no. have been capable of leading this offense. I'm convinced. But okay, so, so the cat. Wait, wait. The, the Cowboys were one and one with Dak at, at, at that point. They lost the opener. They were, they were one, they're one and one with Dak. So if he was zero and two with Kellen Moore, there is no way on this earth that they would have lifted him for Dak Prescott. Here's the problem with that. I don't it, think. Don't I, forget, they wouldn't have seen Dak in the preseason as well, much. Well, and here's the problem as, as, as we've talked about before is that oh they would have seen him plenty because Kellen Moore would have been getting the the first team reps and then they would have had to but, go to Dak. But they would that not have seen him. when you get the first team. You're getting all the you're getting all the reps, and that's the problem. I'm talking that. about in. In preseason in the, games, well, in the games, but yeah. not only in games, but in practice as well. Right. So you wouldn't be seeing Dak, and that and that was that would be one of the problems. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, it's eleven fourteen. Um, who, who are you calling at eleven fifteen? Uh, supposedly he's calling us, but uh, uh, we may be working on John Blake time, which is always an interesting concept. Uh, so we got to go on the Cowboys uh, for right now. Um, but this was an interesting podcast in that... Uh, please, please text John Blake and tell him we have to eat lunch promptly at noon today. Okay. The, the, um, this was an interesting podcast in that you guys actually... Um, hijacked it? Hijacked it, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> um, Evan... I'm uh, very bitter right now. He is bitter. He's sad and bitter. Hold on a minute. Doug, Doug is saying that we got, to have some, we got something coming in here. Oh, we got a phone call. All right, Incoming. Go. Bye, Incoming. everybody. Incoming. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.